Hello. Howdy. Did you say something? Howdy. Oh. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Tuesday, December hey, 10th, 2019. Quit mum- Why are you mumbling? Just You're mumbling in the background. What are you doing? I got a case of the mumbles today. There was no one at work today, so this is like my first human interaction <laughs> of the day. So I'm just like trying to relearn the English language right now uh, on the fly. So right thank on. you for, for bearing with me. Um, yeah, thanks so much uh, for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Spartans. These are the shenanigans we promise you. Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by my co-host, Matt Sheehan. Matt... Uh, aside from being incredibly lonely, mm-hmm. how are you doing oh, today? Nope. Just desperate for human contact. That's desperate. all. Okay. That's it. Yep. You're like uh, Matt Damon in The Martian. Yes, that's one of the eight movies I've seen, too. Oh, my so God. I, I could actually relate to oh that. Oh, my that's, God. This is exciting. <laughs> I, oh, man. For for those of you who don't know, Matt has seen literally, we're, we're not joking, like eight movies in yeah. the last decade. Oh, Lifetime. Just yeah. Life. You can try to like tweet me a movie and like, oh, you certainly you've seen this one, but I, I guarantee you're going to waste your time tomorrow. You you will not find a movie that I've seen. Uh, the Martian. So. This movie stars George Clooney and Brad Pitt uh, in an ensemble cast where they are trying to steal money from George Clooney's oh ex-wife's new husband from a casino. Uh, we're three down. We only got five more to go because we did Inception yesterday too. So we got Inception, The Martians, and Ocean's Eleven. So there's oh only five God. left. There's only five <laughs> left. This is blowing my mind right now. I've never been talking to someone where like we've hit on back-to-back movie references before. This that is was... insane. Oh. All right. My head is spinning. Oh, man. Tom Cruise <laughs> is no. a Naval Academy, or not Academy, a Naval lawyer. Uh... A Few Good Men? Have you seen that? See, I've never seen it in one okay. full shot. I've never seen it in one oh. full shot. I think I've seen the movie, but like in 16 different segments over the last eight years combined on rainy days. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little shoddy with that, that movie. So, so you, you can't say I've never, I don't see movies and then just answer all these right. Well, you, you're you have to be the one guy that's like knocking all these out. Like, give me a Star Wars film. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Give me a superhero film. Oh, nope. I haven't seen any of those. Man, you, well, you get me. You just get me. <laughs> um, Stuart Little 1 and 2 I have seen as well. The Stuart Little... Stuart Little 1 and 2. Trilogy, yes. So Michael, Sarah, and Jonah Hill play high schoolers uh, mm. getting ready for a big party before the end of their senior year. <sighs> Bits and pieces. But See? not yet. Yeah. But, like, okay, does Bits and Pieces count, like... I think I've maybe seen like 25 minutes of that movie. Okay. Yeah. Enough to know it. Yeah. God, I just rattled off like four movies and you've seen them all. This is the most, yeah, this is the most impressive run anyone has ever gotten. This this will not be beat by anyone that I run into the rest of my life. I guarantee it. Josh Brolin is a giant purple evil villain. I, I don't even know what you're referencing, so I'm going to just know. <laughs> Grimace from the McDonald's uh, characters? Is that who you're referring to? No, it's Thanos from the Avengers uh, movies. Uh, okay. We got no. one. Yeah, finally. We got all one. Right. And that's our show. That's that's all we got for you guys today. <laughs> uh, Christian Bale, Caped Crusader. Mm, certainly not. <laughs> what? 
Certain, no, I haven't. Heath Ledger is his nemesis. No, Batman. No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I regret to inform you. Any of them, e- e- even. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what are we actually going to talk about on the show today? We just did two and a half minutes of bad movies. Well, uh, happy Take Tuesday to you. I, I don't know yes. when you want to hold off that segment, but I I apologize saying wishing you and your loved ones a happy Take yes. Tuesday so it late is, into the show. But It yeah. is Take Tuesday, yes. a new segment we are debuting. I think we're going to do it last. Okay, perfect. Um, where we give wild takes that are either our takes or takes that we have seen out in the wild that uh, we need uh, to address. So that's going to be... Uh, something new we're debuting today, Take Tuesday. Before that, we will talk a little MSU hoops here off the jump. Yeah. Um, some shooting things. We're going to talk yeah. about shooting, three-point shooting, and, and confidence with that. Uh, we might talk about uh, some transfer stuff with the football team as well, depending on time. So, uh, sure. yeah, let's let's jump right into it, Matt. Okay, so... Here's I a, play. I, I'm sorry. Oh, I, no, I thought you wanted me to kick this off. No. I, so I, I allegedly play basketball every Wednesday. Pickup league. I haven't really like played, organized, or pickup basketball in like five years. Whenever I get the ball, there could be an ocean of room around me. Do you know what I'm doing? I, I'm passing the ball immediately. Mm-hmm. I am panicking. I'm looking for the next man open. I am not shooting that ball. It's, it's really painful, concerning. To watch Michigan State and see some players look like me out there and have a wide open shot at three points, and they just oh, oh, oh nope, time to pass. Oh God, who wants it? Who wants it? And then they pass the ball away. That's not what you want to see. No, um, from a barrage of players on a yeah it, Michigan and, State basketball and team, it, it, and it just makes me so sad. It's a handful of guys, and I, I posted a couple of gifts today. All of them were sad. Yeah. yeah, just a couple of Xavier Tillman and Aaron Henry both turning down wide open uh, threes in transition. And so uh, there's a couple angles to this. Um, mm-hmm. One, I think, is sort of a confidence issue that some guys are having. I think Foster Lawyer kind of falls into that category where you have to yell at him to shoot to shoot uh, Henry yeah. a, a little bit. As well, and you could even you know group Tillman in there as well. We've talked about it. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. There's only a handful of guys on the team that you feel like really want to shoot the ball. Yeah. Um, and aside from that, though, what I think might be, uh, I don't know. Uh, that that's certainly an issue, right? And Tom Izzo is going to have to work on building them up. Their teammates are going to have to work on building that up. That's going to be something where. Um, you know, it might be a little bit of a process, but what I think is more interesting and more kind of obvious in the in the fix maybe is more obvious is what happened with Tillman and that's in that in that gif where he turned down a wide open transition three. What I didn't put in front of it was that two literally two possessions earlier mm-hmm. played out exactly the same. Tillman was trailing on the break and sort of that secondary uh, transition. And was wide open at the top of the key, took the three, and missed it. And on the ensuing trip down, he drew a foul. And as you're going to break here on the TV, uh, you see Tom Izzo make a beeline towards Xavier Tillman. As he does. As yep. he does. And we don't know what was said or anything like that, but it was very obvious he was making a beeline towards Xavier Tillman. Um, and I know... 
he, he's yelled at Cassius before. He's yelled at people before about taking shots too early in the shot clock. Mm-hmm. So that sure. that's the thing I want to kind of focus on here just for a second. I'm not talking about just general open shots. I, I agree. Um, you know, Izzo's yelled at lawyer. Izzo's yelled at Henry Arns. Like, hey, take the damn shot. You're open. Take it. Right in the in the construct of the offense. What he has also done though is gotten mad about shots taking too early in the shot clock, and that's something that I think if that is still the case, if that's what happened with Xavier Tillman, that resulted mm-hmm. in him turning down the shot the the next time down. Right, he got the message. Um, I think that's really poor coaching, which I know it's it's sort of sacrilegious to sure say something uh, along I, I, those lines. Well, go ahead. I, I, I think more so, maybe not more so, but a good amount of it is also like Tillman too. Like before he passed up that wide open three, his whole season behind him is really twenty percent three point shooting. Like so, I, I think that has something to do with it too. Where it's like ah, I probably shouldn't shoot this by the way the season's been going so far. But that's that's so the thing. I, I, I think so. that's like a. a I, I think it's more so that than it was like too early in the shot clock. But yeah, I'm sure it's a, a nice little cocktail of uh, both of those things. Here's here's what I'll say on Tillman's shooting numbers. Mm-hmm. He's taken 17 this year. He took 27 last year. Yeah. Quick math gives us how much, Matt? Oh, 44? 44. Oh, look at me go. Look at me go. All right. 44 attempts is not anywhere near enough to draw any sort of conclusion on whether enough, whether or not someone is a good shooter based on those specific numbers. Maybe not to like a statistician, but like to a player, I, I'm sure it's got to be lingering back it, there somewhere. It, it could, yeah, it could be mentally. Like maybe Xavier Tillman. I'll buy that. Xavier Tillman doesn't feel like he's a good shooter right now. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think you know him being four. He's four of seventeen this year, which is twenty three and a half percent from deep. That's just not enough uh, of a sample size. If he hits, literally, if he hits his next three shots, which isn't wild, right? No, I've seen just, crazier things. Yeah. yeah. He'll be shooting 35% from three. Bang, we're <laughs> like, back, baby. Back. All he has to do is make three in a row, and you're like, oh, he's a good shooter now. Like, we got to, mm-hmm. for someone who only takes, and this is part of the problem, he only takes two a game. Yeah. For someone who only takes two a game, it, it, we just don't have enough of a sample size. Like, he's going to have to get to, we'll know if Xavier Tillman's a good shooter in like two months. My my bet is that yeah. he's a pretty good shooter based on his free throw percentage. Um the second two thirds of last season when he was shooting like 78% from the line. Totally. And I think he's a good shooter just based on that one, three they'd hit against Duke last year. <laughs> that, that alone is enough for me to be splash brother. Yep. There he is. He's he got, can make it rain. He's got like one of the better looking shots on the team. It is aesthetically pleasing. It's like us. him and Gabe Brown um, really? have the nicest looking shots. You know, Cassius is kind of ugly. Henry's I'm going to weird. love it, though. <laughs> I know, I know. The knee, he knocks his knees. I love it, too. Yes. Um, it really, what matters is what's going on up top, I guess. But, like, Tillman's looks really good and repeatable and fundamentally sound. Um, yeah, and he's, he's, he's down at the free throw line, too, this year. So it's not just three-point shooting. He's just not shooting it as well as he did uh, last year in, in either facet. What I, I guess, and we got to kind of go quick here. What I just want to say is that like we shouldn't look at shots early in the shot clock that are wide open shots as bad shots because they're taken early in the shot clock. The entire point of 
using the shot clock and running offense is to get an open look. And if mm-hmm. five seconds into the shot clock, you get a wide open look, you should take it. Mm-hmm. it you shouldn't pass it off and be like, well, it's too early in the shot clock to shoot it. Um, I, there's not numbers for college basketball that I saw readily available, but in the NBA, which I, I reference a lot of NBA stuff, but uh, they just have more sample or more data available. Like right. shots taken in the first 10 seconds of the shot clock are the most efficient shots. Like in the NBA, like when you open shoot, shots are, are a good way to look at the game. It's I mean, just, yeah, you just can't overthink it. It's because shots early in the shot clock tend to be wider, wider open, more open because why else would you shoot it that early in the offense? You're not going to take a contested shot unless you're like Kobe uh, eight seconds into the shot clock. You're going to try to work and get a better shot. So when you have a chance to take a wide open shot like that, even if it's Xavier Tillman who's struggling a little bit from three, but again, he went one of two. That's 50%. <laughs> like, yeah. He went one yeah. of two. Uh, he, that plays. He should feel like he needs to take that shot. And if he doesn't feel that way, then his coaches need to go, hey, you got to take that shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, not yell at him and say, you can't take a shot that early in the shot clock. Because they didn't. The, both times Tillman and Henry pulled those shots down, they didn't get better looks. I guarantee you, though, those are going up. I mean, just one film session with Izzo. I would imagine that's going to get beaten into the ground. That I, I would hope shoot so. Shoot the ball! So. I, I would hope so. Even, I know he does it. I know he harps on them to shoot it when they're open within the offense. Mm-hmm. But I also know I also know that he's gotten on people the, yeah, right. for shooting too early in the shot clock. And I just... I, I even think he'll know how ridiculous that was, though. Because it wasn't like, a, eh, they were kind of open. Like They're five feet... <sighs> It inside was, of the free throw line. Like, pull the trigger, yeah. An it ocean was, of space. Uh, yeah. That has to be... If it's a little contested, you're a little questionable early in the shot clock, sure. Fine. Pull it down, yeah. run the offense. Yeah. But there's a damn ocean of space, like you said. Mm-hmm. Those shots have to go up, especially Henry. Like, There's yeah. no excuse for Henry. Tillman, I get maybe mentally he's just not sure. locked in and not confident in the shot yet. Like well, Henry's 38% so far this year. Like That's that's got that's got to go up, bud. Who? Henry is 38%. Oh, yeah. Henry's, right? yeah, yeah, I was right. just saying, yeah. Henry's a 38% shooter, taking yeah. just over two, like 2.3 threes a game. Like, Henry has to take four threes a game, five threes a game. McQuaid's not here anymore, man. Yeah. yeah Gabe Brown. Up, so. Yeah. Gabe Brown's the same way. He's got to get him up. Uh, Arnie, Kyle Arns is shooting 39% this year. Arns has to get him up, too. Like, not bad. they got to start getting more shots up uh, with their good shooters instead of Rocket Watts taking 29 threes. <laughs> If you here, I'm gonna do something real quick while you talk in the next segment, and I'll come oh, back with oh just like a a wonderful trick that I could play uh, with numbers. So we'll we'll uh, we'll talk some. You want to talk some transfer, some football transfer stuff? Get wild. Let's get wild. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's get wild. We'll do that here uh, in just a second. Okay, so long first segment. This will probably be a little tighter. We'll see. Sure. Um, Matt, I texted you earlier today. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jordan Love is possibly considering a grad transfer. Uh, Jordan Love is the quarterback for Utah State, who came into Spartan Stadium um, and did a pretty good job moving the ball on a really... 839 passing yards (laughs) uh, in East Lansing last year, minimum. So um, he is potentially, depending on what his draft grade is... um, Mm -hmm. He's either going to go in the draft or he would consider a grad transfer. 
Now, Dan Wetzel from Yahoo said that Oklahoma, Houston, and Texas Tech are under consideration. Those are probably three strong front runners. Yeah. 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 Let me let me throw out two of them. Okay. Okay. Oklahoma has a kid named Spencer Rattler, who is a redshirt freshman. Right. Who is a five star, was the number one quarterback in his class and the number eleven overall player in the class of twenty nineteen. That's why they went with Jalen Hurts this year. Give him one more year. Um, it's a Spencer Rattler show in Oklahoma for the next couple of years. Sure is. They're, they're not looking for a quarterback, and they no. added another five star. Um, I think next oh, year's class. Thank good for them. Thank tough, God. Yes. All right. Tough life. Um, Houston has Derek King. <laughs> uh, do do they though? Currently, is he coming back? Currently. Okay. That's that's. Right. We'll see. Houston's Derek has Derek King. Also. Um, when Power Five schools are after you, I don't know why you'd go to Houston and just stay in Utah State. Um, uh, but I guess Dana Holgerson, whatever. So that's kind of you can maybe throw away Houston. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech is interesting because his coaches are there. Got correct. His yeah. coaches from Utah State are at Texas Tech. Um, I don't think Michigan State has a chance at at hitting on Jordan Love. Um, oh, there's probably a better chance of me or you uh, <laughs> playing quarterback at Michigan State next year than Jordan Love. But man, you can just see it, can't you? After just being at that game last year where he was carving us up, which was a good defense too. Like man, yeah. oh, one could dream. So I know. I, I guess where are you at in the quarterback stuff because. D'Antonio mentioned, you know, we're looking at the transfer portal. We have someone assigned, and that was good to hear. There's someone specifically assigned to monitor the portal, mm-hmm. um, which that poor intern slash offensive slash defensive analyst. Poor Mark um, Staten, yeah. Yeah, poor Mark Staten. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. What are your, like, do you think there's any chance D'Antonio looks at the portal for a quarterback and like, do you want him to, or do you want, I don't know. Where are you at on all that? That's a great question because it's it's a two part thing. It's like, uh, I don't know, like bringing in a guy, if it's, you know, Felipe Franks out of Florida, I'm going to shoot you straight. I I don't think he's good. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. But, yeah, I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more names here in the next few weeks or months of quarterbacks that are trying to transfer. And while, I mean, I would love to say, like, no, I'm I'm fine with who we got in the room right now. I I mean, I think it's pretty clear that I'm not sold necessarily on Lombardi. Um, As much as I like the idea of Day to shoot you straight, I guess I really don't know much about him. We mm-hmm. haven't seen much of him. Yeah. And I guess it's just this vision that I'm building up in my head for some reason that, oh, yeah, no, this four-star quarterback will come in and write the ship, no problem. Like, truth be told, I, I don't know anything about Theo Day other than the, the two plays that he had this year. And Peyton Thorne, the same thing as Theo Day. You know, we just don't know about him. So, yeah, would it help to get, like, a pretty experienced, established quarterback in the room? Yeah, it – Sure, I, I guess so. Why not? Like, what what harm can it, can it cause if D'Antonio really thinks that another quarterback is needed? If he's seen the other three guys in the room and is thinking, uh, uh-uh, this ain't gonna cut it next year. Yeah. I need a veteran that could just do the bare minimum to get us to at least an average offense. Then, yeah, I guess. I mean, are are there other position groups that would fascinate me more for the transfer portal? Absolutely, but for the sake of the quarterback conversation. Why not? If a kid wants to come here and we think that he could help, I mean, whatever. Let's go for it. There's no guarantee that he has to play. So Yeah, yeah. and 
You have to balance being like, um, you know, not angering the kids who commit to you. Like, sure, right. But the, I mean, like Oklahoma has been one year quarterback you for the last three years. Now, um, Baker was there mm-hmm. for multiple years and one year under Lincoln Riley. Yep. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray only played for one year, but had been in the program for two. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Hurts is really the only one year guy they've had. So it's not yeah. like they're bringing in new people every single year and just like one year, one year grad transfer, grad transfer. Um, so they and but they're still able to recruit high level kids at quarterback. So they've been able to find a balance where I think if you just get that reputation of you switch quarterbacks every single year and it's just grad transfer after grad transfer, mm-hmm. then kids are going to be like, why would I go there if you're just gonna? I mean, I'm already starting to think that about Oklahoma. Yeah, and yeah, it's and it's right. really like you're thinking about Oklahoma, but it's not totally true. But they're mm-hmm. probably they're definitely getting that reputation. Yeah. And now they've produced enough where it doesn't really matter. It's working. No, not at all. <laughs> but that could absolutely backfire if, you know, one of the guys doesn't work out. Um, I don't know. Michigan kind of had that a little bit when the uh, John O'Corn stuff didn't work out. And it was like, uh-oh, now yeah. what? Um, mm-hmm. and, and that can certainly happen because you bring in a grad transfer um, and Theo Day leaves and Rocky Lombardi leaves. And now Peyton Thorne is backing up a grad transfer, grad transfer. Oh, you're not that good. Now we have you or a redshirt freshman or a true freshman. Um, that's yeah. That could really derail things. So it's a fine line you got to walk, especially with that position. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like what you said, though. Um, it'd be really intriguing if they could add some guys on the defensive side of the ball to plug some holes. Um, because they're going to be talented on defense next year, but they're going to be young in a lot of spots. That's the thing. Yeah. And I don't think we're, you know, we're going to be getting like prime Orlando pace or anything like that, <laughs> or I, I don't know, like Khalil Mack. Like there's a lot of pretty much average at best players in the transfer portal. Yeah. But if there's one position group that could just use bodies I, I, for, for me, that's the offensive line. Like, I know we got a lot of promising young talent coming back next year, but man, like you just saw it this year. I, that, that seems to be a group that's just plagued by injuries year after year for us. So, like, if we could just get bodies for the offensive line, that, that's the position group I'm going to choose. Are you defensive side of the ball then? I would like to see them get uh, someone at the edge if there's a guy like totally, um, yeah, Mike Dana, which Michigan got from Central, something like that, a lower-level guy who's maybe a grad transfer one year, wants to prove it in a big conference, someone who's maybe – you know, third, fourth, fifth round type draft grade, but thinks they can be a top two rounds kind of guy. They just need to play some power five uh, and really show out for their grad transfer year. Something Mm -hmm. like that I would be 100% in on. Uh, And I think they have a decent pitch to players like that. Now there probably aren't a ton of them available. You Um, would hope so. I mean, but yeah, like just like, hey, look at all this we've done on the defensive side of the ball. Um, if you're going to play defense at a high level, Michigan state is certainly a, a place to go do that. One of the 10 places in the country where you would say like, yep, that's where I'm going to go play defense. And that's why they've been able to still recruit despite the sort of mediocre records and results the last four years, they've still been able to pull in really highly regarded recruits on the defensive side of the ball, um, because they just have that reputation. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. Um, right. But I would yeah. be sort of in favor of them pursuing a quarterback um, pending. I mean, it's tough without knowing what Theo Day is. I'm kind of out on Lombardi right now based on what we've seen. Um, 
but it's always it's always tough to tell with mop up duty and things like that. And again, we've seen literally two plays with Theo Day. But if they could ever get in the room with Jordan Love, something like that, and be able to pitch him, like I'm at least like, yes, let's try to do that. <laughs> but uh, do not go after Felipe Franks. Oh my God, dear God, don't. no! All right. Uh, if you take away all of Rocket Watts's shots from deep and the two attempts that Connor George and Jack Koiberg have, because let's face it, uh, Michigan State is shooting 36% from three this year. Oh. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. And as always, go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers to see all the sponsored offers we have available to you right now. All right, Matt, it is Take Tuesday. Take Tuesday. <laughs> Take Tuesday. And I think I got one of each, one that I've seen. And then while I was thinking about my um, take on those takes, mm-hmm. I think I birthed a take. Like, so oh. I, I think I have one and I've seen one. Okay, so you've got two. I've only got mm-hmm. one and it's my own okay. take. Why don't you start with one of yours? So I'll start with, well, the one that I've seen. Okay. And this might just lead in the one that I have. So I'm not going to call out this person because it's many people and that'd be hard to do. I've seen this a few times and I also can't tell who's serious and who's not serious, but I've been in these shoes before. You guys think I'm irrational now. I was way, way worse, way worse a few years ago. The take that I've been seeing is that MSU might struggle to make the tournament this year (laughs) in basketball. (laughs) That there is a chance that the Michigan State Spartans could miss the NCAA men's basketball tournament, also known as March Madness. I've seen that too. I totally forgot. I saw that. I said, that is the dumbest thing I've ever Uh, seen in my life. I like to respect everyone's opinions, but <laughs> no, at some I point, don't. like, I'm not, we've got to pump the brakes here. Like, I, guys, I mean, <laughs> that we're, what, 6-3 and three in the season? I mean, we, we have lost to good teams. It's not like we've lost to Stephen F. Austin, Evansville, and, I don't know, DeWitt High School. Like, we, we have lost to pretty good teams. And, I don't know, like, Cassius Winston, as far as I'm concerned... His legs are still in his body. I mean, yeah, you got the best player in the conference. I, it helps. I mean, <laughs> a, yeah. Does the Big Ten look like a buzzsaw? Sure, but like, my God, does the bottom level? Uh, they leave a lot to be desired as well. So. Um, yeah, yeah. I saw that take. That is the one of the worst, wildest, most reactionary takes I've seen in a long time. Uh, we just got to uh, just get in front of it and just speak some clarity into the yeah. room here. And I, I know that it's a very, very small minority of people, yes. but I, we, we, we are a equal opportunity talk everyone off the ledge podcast more times than not. That's me. That has to be talked off, but yeah, guys, um, guys, I think they're going to make the tournament. I think. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. Um, we've seen final four teams get absolutely destroyed in the ACC big 10 challenge at home. Uh, we've seen tournament teams. Um, I don't think they may have been a final four team, um, but it may have been sweet 16 uh, lose to North Texas at home. Mm-hmm. We've, we've seen plenty worse than losing to two of the five best teams, two of the seven best teams in the country and dropping a game 
uh, to a hot shooting team uh, that is pretty solid and will be a tournament team. Like, <laughs> you got to chill. Yeah, yeah they are, yeah. Um, instead of being merely the best team in the country, they're like the fifth best team <laughs> in the country right now. So, dear God. Um, yeah, that's, that is patently absurd, but an incredible take. An absolutely incredible take. Mm-hmm. Bless you if you believe it. If you say, think that and believe it, um, bless you. Do you have the, your take that evolved from that, or did you give it and I missed it when I was laughing? No, 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 no. It, it, you, you're probably still going to laugh at this, but I, I think that like a one or two seat is out of the picture now oh, at, at this point. I don't. Is it? Okay. Well, well all right. I, I, just got the, <laughs> I just got the disappointing, oh, you. I didn't get laughed at at least, so um, that's, that's good. Maybe a one seed, because I could see them being like, oh, Michigan State, are they going to get the, uh, the last one seed? And then everyone's like, well, they got killed by Duke, and they lost to Virginia, like that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, could, they have a number of really, really good games on their Big Ten schedule this year. Uh, if they run through the Big Ten... Yeah, I don't at, know if they win in those a thing, you know, like well, win those games. I know, but that's like that. That's they're not off the table because they might not win. Like if they, they're not going to go undefeated in the Big Ten. But if they went undefeated in the Big Ten, they're a one seed. So the one seed's not off the table. Get what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, no, I, I I get what you're saying, but like I'm also looking at the tournament last year, and I think the most losses any two seed had was I think it was us and Michigan each had six losses going in mm-hmm. to the tournament. Same with Kentucky as well. Now that I'm looking at it. Does MSU only have three more losses left this year? Like I, I don't, I don't know. I think they're going to go north of like in the eight nine range of losses this year. So maybe, um, hopefully not. But I mean, that's that's just kind of where I sit. So we'll see. It's not that wild uh, of a take. I think realistically, they probably won't be getting a one seed. Um, but I, I still think if they go, say sixteen and four in the Big Ten that they could be in line for a two seed. And it depends on how other things play out. Reminder, Duke lost to Stephen F. Austin. Kentucky lost to Evansville. Those are both significantly worse losses from Games teams. that happened. Yeah, yeah, those teams will be competing for the, the top two seeds, certainly. Um, and so, but they'll get the benefit of the doubt from the committee. So I mean, Michigan I don't think State. it's any... You know what? I do forget that sometimes. Like you forget what kind of I, do we though? I, I don't know. Yes. Like we've kind of gotten screwed with the the Big Ten tournament ending. Yeah. Like well, that's sixteen yeah. seconds before the selection show. Like I, I don't really think we do get benefit of the doubt come tournament time. Yeah. Like what was it? Uh, I, when did we get ranked four? It was two thousand fourteen. But that team oh, lost I'm going a bunch way of back games. here. Yeah, but they looked hot though. Yeah, anyway, were- that's that's the <laughs> semantics at this point. That was six years ago. Yes. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was a team that was hurt all year and then finally got healthy. And you know what? Yeah. Committee was right. <sighs> it worked out so great, didn't it? <laughs> they oh, were right man. there. Gun. <laughs> um, all right, here's mine, and we'll go quick because we're right. we're running long. We thought this would be a short episode. That should be the podcast title for now on. We're running we're long. Running long. A Spartans podcast. <laughs> um. So long as he's the only one, okay. I'm good with Brad Salem being OC next year. As long as he's the only one coming back, I'm okay with Brad Salem staying on. So long as every other assistant out of here. See, I I would love to eviscerate you for this, but I like I know that you watch and dissect a lot more film than I do, so like I feel like I would get outsmarted in this argument. <laughs> just grinding film, but buddy. I, on on the face value, though, like, 
Oh boy, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. But uh, okay, I'm just gonna defer to you and take your word for it. Well, we like but to. It is nice that you caveat it with that it's the only one that's being brought back next year. Oh yeah, we we I have. I mean, I can uh, without eviscerating the kids uh, too much. Eviscerate their position coaches by saying, you know, I've never seen tight ends block worse than Michigan State's tight ends this year. Okay, um, that's fair. Yeah, it's. I think there are a number of issues with the offense. I would put actual play calling and game planning lower on the list of problems. Um, okay. There were times yeah. definitely when I was like, that was dumb Salem. But there were also a lot of times where I was like, that was really good. I, I'm glad you did that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, yeah. Not that I'm totally enamored with him, but I don't see a full sale change there. I could see realistically D'Antoni be like, well, we'll keep Brad. Um, we'll keep so-and-so and then everyone else will get a new O-line coach. We'll get a new tight ends coach. We'll get a new receivers coach, whatever it is, new quarterbacks coach. Um, I would so be it's more like a, eh, he'll do sort of thing. Like, a yeah, eh. but I, I, right. I think <laughs> there were so many times last year when it was all great. Everything was perfect. And then just, it was failed by a missed block. Um, sure. Yeah. And, and so are, are you talking about the year that just happened? The year that just happened. Season? Yeah. The year okay, that just it, happened. Got it. Okay. Um, schematically, I think they're, they're pretty sound, not great, um, but solid and sound is all we need. <laughs> <laughs> we're not asking for Oklahoma. We're not asking for the world here. We're asking for eh, average, like, you know, yeah, I, I think first year Colin plays here first year on the job. Um, there's something that that's there. And I think he would be even better next year. And if things got short up around the play calling, the execution was a little better. Um, and maybe take some reins off him. Cause I, I still feel like D'Antonio has too much uh, control over that side of the ball. You can see it. You can see college. Like that was a D'Antonio play call. Sure. So, yeah, not that it's gonna happen, but if that did happen, I'd I'd be fine with it. It would be I'd be I'd be like, okay, this this could work. All right. Which I, I don't think a lot of people share that opinion. I'm I'm sold for now, but man, if if they go five and seven next year, I, I'm driving to your house and I don't know what I'm gonna do, but yes, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna yell at your your closed windows. That's fine. And then have the cops call to me and then being taken away in handcuffs. But oh well, it'll be worth it. I'll sick the dogs on you. Oh. All right, that's uh, it's gonna do it for today's episode of Locked On Spartans. Thanks so much for listening. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, what are we doing tomorrow? We're doing. We're, I think. Are we gonna do this? The decade in review. Are we gonna kick that off? Yeah, I think we're gonna kick off a decade in review. Yeah. Um, we're gonna be going through the 2010s every year, year by year, and just kind of talking about. Uh, the year that was. So next, uh, tomorrow we'll do 2010. Uh, a, a nice season that uh, it's unfortunate Michigan State didn't get to play in a bowl game that year. It would have been fun um, to, mm-hmm. to see them in a bowl game. Uh, they definitely did yeah. not play a bowl game. Uh, probation. It was horrible. Yeah, it was tough. So we'll do that. Uh, yep. And if we have time, we will talk about the college quarterbacks with the worst throwing arms in the history of college football. That is a segment we've been dying to do and just haven't had time. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. 2010 season review tomorrow. Looking back on fonder, more fun times.
Matt, take us home. Oh, that is my job, isn't it? Uh, stay tuned tomorrow where we recap 2010. No, I'm, that's, that's all what, I had. I'm I sorry. Do. You say I know, something funny. I, I don't have anything today. Oh, I, somehow I'm blindsided by this every day. I'll get them tomorrow.